Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Houdat Jedi Podcast. This is episode 139, and I am Aaron, and with me as always are the other members of the Houdat Jedi Council, Dave and Fredo. How are we doing, guys? Doing all right. Yeah, doing well for take four. Yeah, right. Last week we had audio problems, and I right before we got on today, I was like, well, not having any audio problems, and guess what? <laughs> having audio problems so um mercury must be in microwave or something like that i don't know what the hell um but anyway um how's everybody's week um dave you're excited because tulane is going to well i guess fredo you have tulane uh connections as well um economic tulane's going to uh the cotton bowl and then kansas state is going to the sugar bowl so Dave's football life only if, if the Saints didn't like that, that's what it is. The Saints like sacrificed everything so you could have good college football, right? That's uh, that's what happened. Um, so, I believe so. Yes, that's know, usually how that works, right? There's always this balance where like teams that you root for, like it always seems like one is awful and one is good. It, there's that's just how it is. And then you got the Pelicans. That's what really I was well. just going to say. Britt Brit actually said the other day, she goes, thank God for the Pelicans, because that's the like the only sports joy that she's you know getting right now. And man, they are they're awesome. They're playing solid. Um, Number one in the West. Yep. First place. Yep. And uh, and all the people who are like, you know, they think, well, well Brandon Ingram's not playing, so it's not going to it's not going to be good for him. Bench shows up, Zion's out. Bench shows up, CJ's out. Bench shows up. It's just, it's a, it's a hot team. So we're going to the game I, tomorrow night. So it'll be fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. you'll have fun. I like the, the the end of last year to me proved to beyond a, any doubt that the bench was solid. Yeah. Like because they were doing that towards the end of the last year with without Zion, you know, and and guys were dinged up and. And it was just like sort of these unsung guys off the bench that were performing really, really well. And I was like, if there's no drop off there and we're adding in the draft, this is one of the deepest teams in the league. And it's 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 turning out to be that that way. And I, I think the NBA is starting to clue into that. At well, and large. You, you see guys like Jose uh, Alvarado that, uh, um you know, undrafted and played in the G League and then comes and he just scored 38 points the other night, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, no, yeah, Pelicans are, are doing sweet. They're saving They're saving everybody's good uh, sporting landscape for in New Orleans for this fall, which is greatly appreciated. And, you know, we, we could have the number one team in the, in the West and the number one draft pick next year. Be nice. There you go. And, uh, Fredo, you said you were on Tulane campus and we're feeling kind of old today, huh? You yeah, know, yeah. It's kind of like we decided to. You know, I, I, it, I, it never, it never. I don't know. It's like any time now anybody said calls me sir, I just want to like kick him in the knee. Uh, it just made it just. I know you're being polite and everything, but I'm like, sir, what? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you said uh, going on college campuses like. Uh, Hello, fellow young kids, or whatever it is. Very much so, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, we just took a little sojourn up there. Uh, it was a quiet day, so we're like, hey, let's go have lunch, walk around campus, you know, take a look at all the you know, construction that they're doing, visit the bookstore. So, but yeah, it was very much, uh, 
oh geez yeah probably old now it's like it's like you're like you know when you go to the when you go to the to the food court you know and they're like charging you three dollars for a coke <laughs> That's what like, so I said in our in our group message. I ain't paying no fifty cents for no coke. Hey, you ain't I mean, getting no coke. No coke. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're even walk- that reference they wouldn't get. You're walking. wouldn't get yeah, today. No, no. That reference would go right over. You're head. you're walking by and everybody's going <coughs> narc, <coughs> narc. <laughs> so well, anyway, all right. Well, yeah. So uh, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, Tales of the Jedi. We've put this off for a while because Andor showed up. Um, so, uh, but yeah, we're finally we're going to, like I said, run down uh, what we thought about Tales of the Jedi, and um, we got some news as well. But first, let's uh, let's do some trivia. Sophie came into the room for trivia. So, um, all right. Oh, okay, Dave. What hut lost Anakin and Shmi Skywalker to Watto in a pod race bet? Oh no. Um was it Gardula the Hut? It was Gardula the Hut, yes. Oh man. Yeah. Nice. That was that was a deep pull right there. Very. By the way, that I will say this that I like the Clone Wars, but there's two things that I really didn't like about the Clone Wars. One was uh, Darth Maul spider legs. Um, and number two was um, Zero the Hut. The one who mm-hmm. sounded like he was from, you know, Bayou LaForce, Louisiana. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just so, yeah, like I said, sound like the water boy or, or uh, something. It's just I didn't like that character at all. Um, but anyway, he said he sounded like he should have been in the uh, Showbiz Pizza band or something, you know, like uh, you know, it was, it was just like, what, what is going on here? It, it doesn't fit. But, uh, but but seriously, it's like who let's let who says you know what his his voice should be? It should sound like the most stereotypical Cajun, you know, sound. <laughs> it was just it was just bad. Um, all right, sorry, I digress. Fredo. What's the first beast in the Geonosian execution arena to die? This is a tough one. What's the first beast in the Geonosian execution arena to die? I have to think about this. Yeah, I said the... See, I'm not, I, can't, I can't even think of the names right now. So, is it the big cat? See, and I was thinking, did the big cat even die? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. Yeah, the like big cat got by, got horned by the rhino so, yes, critter. So yes, you're it's you're correct though. It is the Nexu, that is the big cat because the Reek is the one that was shot by Padme, and then Obi Wan stabbed the uh, Acklay in the head. How nerdy am I that I know all these names? But anyway, nerdier than me. You have a nerd at me. I will accept the big cat. Because that's what it looked like. Looked like Fred it was Flintstone the Django that took down the rhino. Crew. That was the re. Yeah, Django took yeah, it down the re. It wasn't right. Padme. That's right. Um, all right. To me, what structure do Ewok scouts show the rebels the quickest route to? Well, the shield generator. It's the back door for the shield generator. Yeah, shield generator. Da-da-da. All right. Whew. So, let's do some news. 
Righto, what's new in Star Wars land? So let's go right quick as that easy question too. Uh, okay, from last week actually, uh, we got official confirmation that The Mandalorian Season 3 will officially debut on Disney Plus on March 1st. So Wednesday, March 1st, you'll get your return of uh, Din and Grogu. Good, so they're waiting until uh, after Mardi Gras. Okay, good. Which is probably to the good, you know. You don't have to you don't have to take Ash Wednesday off, even though I do take Ash Wednesday off, as you should. Uh, but yeah, that John Favreau's teasing that it's going to be bigger in scope, more space battles, more Mandalorians, surprises. So it'll be interesting to see, of course. You know, at this point, I think we kind of know what to expect from Mandalorian, but it's interesting that, and we, they kind of said late February, now it's confirmed. Uh, at the same time, I think earlier to this week, they announced officially that when they dropped the season two trailer for Bad Batch, that there's going to be a month where both of those shows are going to be coming out. Because Bad Batch will start Wednesday, January 4th, and they'll run through the end of March, March 29th. So it's going to be like four Wednesdays where you're going to have Mandalorian and Bad Batch back to back. Bad Batch is going to have a long run. Mm-hmm. Pretty good run three three straight months yeah so. it's like and i think in some ways because it's establishing it's interesting because we've seen this tactic or this uh idea within lucasfilm at disney to put a couple of episodes first like they put the first uh three episodes of andor at the same day when they premiered they put the first couple of episodes of a uh, bad batch when it premiered so uh, I think they did the same thing in the first two episodes of Book of Boba Fett when it premiered. But now that it's established, they're like, we know what it is, so we're more comfortable stretching it out so that, you know, if you're a fan, you'll have more to come back to on a weekly basis. So sorry, I had to go kick my dog out of the room so because she, she picked the noisiest toy to chew on. But are you guys talking, are we, have we talked about the trailer of Bad Batch? Have you, or is that no, the segue? No, no, no. Um, because... so, yeah, this is the segue. Yeah, that, that trailer came out just a couple of days ago, right? Um, uh, yeah, yesterday or the day yesterday. before, yeah. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, the thing that struck me as wow was uh, you got Commander Cody on the side of Crosshair. Commander Cody is, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, of course, he I mean, he did shoot at Obi-Wan. So, I mean, he's, he's on, the, on the side of the Empire, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but it makes you wonder, uh, and then Rex, of course, makes an appearance in the trailer as well. So I wonder if there'll be some sort of kind of side story of Cody and Rex because they were so close. And I don't know. Do we get kind of a redemption, get him away, get his chip out and get him away from the Empire? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, first of all, the trailer looks great. There's a lot of combination of computer-generated art. A lot of the backgrounds look like they were hand-drawn. I love when you can combine stuff like that. It seems like there's a bigger yield being made as to what happens to the clones post the Clone Wars, meaning there's all this army. I mean, and they're coming at it just right after the Clone War, but there's, you know, we know that by the time we get to Andor, the clones are pretty much non-existent as a force. For the empire they moved on to stormtroopers and so it's going to be interesting to see if they start tackling more about what ends up happening to the clones uh how does the empire deal with them and how do they 
start, you know, slowly kind of finding their own way through the galaxy. So, but it, I thought it was good. It's going to be fun. Yeah, like a little bit of a um, neutral party, double agent sort of vibe from Crosshair in the trailer. Um, where he might be playing both sides a little bit. Um, kind of keeping his options open. I don't know. Um, which would be kind of a cool direction to take his character because um when we left off with him he would he didn't he'd softened his stance a little bit <laughs> he wasn't hell-bent on killing them all at uh when we when we left him off um at the end of season one did that trailer give you the sense that the empire still very much on the hunt for clone force 99 though like that like i got a sense that they're still after them and of course i loved any kind of mention of this is the one job that'll get you out. Yeah. Because we know from movie <clears throat> history that that never works out that way. Yeah, it never does. It never, never, never does. Um, I, and that's a little bit of a cliche. Like, are they dumb? Mm. Do they... I, I know they feel trapped. Um, but are they dumb? Because, like, she keeps saying this to them and it doesn't look like it's ever going to pay off for them. Yeah. I, I guess... Um, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd like to have a little more development for Omega, and they really didn't touch on that really at all. Um, and not only development, but also understanding of where she comes from and unwrapping that riddle. Well, then you also um, have the whole um, cloner thing, you know, tag at the end of the last episode. They didn't really talk about that much. They didn't talk about that at all in the trailer. I mean, so that's obviously going to be, you know, uh, a big part of the story. It should be anyway. You can't you can't tease that and then walk away. Um, so, yeah. and we got yeah. so we got Mando going straight into Bad Batch, and then what's next after that? Is it Ahsoka in the fall? I believe that to be, maybe the late summer, maybe late mm-hmm. summer. Is that filming? right now so i, I would will imagine... say the thing that worries me is people are speculating that bob Iger is going to pump the brakes on disney plus programming and will some of these things that you know i suppose if anything is started if it's already in production it'd be a waste of money to just pull that now but i wonder if you know let's see you know how... it didn't stop what? hbo I mean, I don't know. So, if if Andor's if Andor's numbers weren't as high as they like, are they going to spend all the money on a you know season two? I know it's supposedly started, but they haven't gotten too far. So I don't know. Um, That that's my that's my fear. There's no fact behind it. It's just my irrational fear. I mean, just you just saw this week how James Gunn and his uh, partner who are working as the new heads of DC at Warner Brothers basically just said we're done with every property that basically everything but the Batman got canceled so Patty Jenkins thank you so much you're not making Wonder Woman 3 uh, Aquaman 2 that would be the last one we're not making that Man of Steel sequel that everybody was talking about a few months ago no that Black Adam sequel that The Rock wanted not happening so you can't I mean sometimes this is why you bring when new people come on board they're like we are not beholding to you know, the former regime's quarterback. We don't do that. So 
there is a sense that maybe you know Bob Iger coming back might go and say, wait a minute, we didn't buy Star Wars just to make nice TV shows for our, you know, twelve ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine a month service. You know, we want more than just that. So, but speaking of TV shows, I'll transition right quick. Is today we actually had some leaks from the Acolyte. Uh, this was revealed apparently uh, set photos leaked that's filming in London. So the Daily Mail uh, had these on there, and uh, you have some pictures including uh, Lee Jung Jae in Jedi robes. Uh, there's a, a couple of pictures of Daphne Keene as a character. So they're all kind of like the various characters dressed as Jedi, as Padawans. There's I a will. Wookie. I, I will mm-hmm. say this that oh and by the way let's go back to Bad Batch to see Gunji mm-hmm. like you know do the force to grab his lightsaber and go all yeah I can't wait to see that but he better live anyway but this one <laughs> I will say that I, it was funny because after we just got done talking about Andor yesterday or last week and you know I said how are we going to feel when we see Mandalorian um, and while it was refreshing that we got a whole season of no Jedi, you know, no Jedi. But then today when I saw those, you know, set photos, I was like, Ooh, Jedi, because I mean, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's the way you do it. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, it was, I was just excited to see it. And then I, and then thinking that it's in a time period that we don't know anything about. Um, so, so let me read you a couple of things right quick from the article. Because uh, Daphne Keene, who's, I think, starting in the final season of his Dark Materials for HBO, they asked her about it, and she says, it, this is going to be a Sith-centric show. And that this, and here's the premise, the official premise from Lucasfilm. The Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. A former Padawan reunites with her Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes, but the forces they confront are more sinister than they ever anticipated. So it appears like like uh, Amanda Stenberg, who's the lead, is going to play the former Padawan. Lee Jung Jae most likely will be her Jedi Master, and then these other cast of characters that we're seeing are going to be allies or enemies as they go along. So even though it's a Jedi show, it's not the Jedi happy hour or the Jedi fun hour that we've gotten historically from Star Wars. It's more, it's, this is going to be a bit of a darker take. And I wonder if, uh, you know, as much crap as I've been giving Lucasfilm, you know, just about some of their seemingly kind of bad decisions. I wonder if they've figured out, it's kind of, it's kind of like the, the cover bit, this, this band we went and saw, Oh God, probably, you know, 15 years ago or something, but it's, band came through and they they were playing they wanted to do they wanted to make it on their own right they on their own songs and everything like that but if if you come in to a you know a bar in Kearney Nebraska and play all originals crowd's gonna leave so what they did was they played you know cover 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 original cover cover original cover 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 right you know just sprinkled it in so it was like the the they were like oh this is cool never heard this but you didn't you didn't lose them and then they you went to something familiar so it's kind of like okay so we got mandalorian with like all the fan servicey stuff 
and then you get Andor, where it's you know, or I mean, we got Kenobi first, but you know, and that's that was fan servicey, but different. It wasn't like Easter eggs all over the place. It was your, it was very prequel heavy. But then you get Andor, where it's like all new stuff, and now we're gonna go back to Mandalorian, and then Ahsoka is going to be new for a lot of people. I mean, not for the uber nerds like us, but for a lot of Star Wars fans, that's going to be new. And then we're going to go to something familiar. So I, maybe there, maybe there, maybe there's some uh, method to their madness. A happy, a happy balance to be found. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're maybe they're finding their groove because I, I I'm on it because, like I said, I saw those pictures today. I was like, oh, Jedi. You know, I was I was ready to see Jedi. So. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Where, where we've we were practically begging for no Jedi to appear in Andor because it just didn't seem appropriate for that story. Um, and then, but then I'm okay with a Jedi showing up here and there um, in, in a micro dose uh, in the same way that we saw in, um, I mean, I like Rebels um, where you have a couple of Jedi, but most of the cast is not Jedi. Um, and then I also am all in on this idea too, where it's like basically all Jedi and we're going to learn more about, um, the religion and some of the, um, uh, ceremony and and things of that nature. And and then like, where do they come from and why? And I, I'm, I'm all in on that. I want to learn more about the lore. I think that's cool. And I think that's, that's something that we haven't really gotten. It's interesting because whether it's the original trilogy, even the prequels. I mean, the pre. But you know, we got the prequels. Like, oh, you're gonna see Jedi as they were were. But the fact of the matter is, this was the very tail end of the Jedi Order, as it used to be. This is the Jedi, not at the height of their powers. That's what the High Republic is showing us. But this is different. This is a different mindset, a different experience of this thing we know. Because so far, it's kind of Lucas used to say, you know, you've only seen old men half robots and half trained kids wielding a lightsaber. So when the Phantom Menace came, it's like, no, I'm going to show you what a real lightsaber battle is supposed to look like between people who know what they're doing. And I always think getting some of this lore, getting some of this, but getting to actually see it is so important. I think it's why stuff like Star Wars Visions and and the High Republic are connecting with fans because they go, this is not something, you know, we've heard of it, but it's one thing you hear for a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights, blah, blah, blah. It's another thing to see it, actually, because it goes, oh, wow, this is so cool. It's like, you know what was lost when the Empire won. And Dave, to your point, I want you to put a pin in that, because we're going to come back to it when we start talking about Tales of the Jedi. Um, about, um, you know, knowing more about the the history and the, the lore and everything. So, um but, well, if there's a so, mystery in the acolyte, Sifo-Dyas has to be involved. That's that's my take. That's my prediction. Thousand-year-old master sifo Yeah, I was going to say, I think this is a <laughs> little bit before his time. Uh, <clears throat> last, last bit of news right quick. I'm actually talking, I just shared a link. Because right now the Game Awards are going on, and they dropped the official trailer for Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is I'm the sequel to Star Wars... <laughs> I thought you were going to sing Eye of the Tiger. Uh, this is the sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So it takes place five years after that game. So it's supposed to be right around the same time as the start of Rebels, right around the same time as 
uh, the start of Andor. So that period, five years or so, BBY, uh, it's officially confirmed as that it's coming out on March 17th on all the major video game consoles. If you can get a PlayStation 5, congratulations. Uh, and then they're also going to release a accompanying novel called Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars, which is supposed to take place, kind of bridge the two games, kind of show you the story of what happened to Cal Kestis and everything that kind of went on. So it's interesting. I mean, of course, you can pre-purchase now and spend all your money and get even more extras. But uh, it'll be interesting to see because I think it's it's interesting that Lucasfilm is working hand in hand to make sure that this connects to this connects. You know, they're not necessarily directly connected because so far we've not mentioned of Cal Kestis and any other Disney Plus stuff. But it's happening in the background in similar nature and they're connected by the likes of Saul Guerrero and, and the fifth brother who's supposed to be a big uh, character in this. In both the book and I think the sequel. Was the fifth brother? Is he the one that was in Kenobi? In Kenobi, yes. Okay. The uh, some kind played him. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Cool. Right on. Tales of the Jedi. It's time to talk about this. Uh, before, so real quick, I just want to do a rundown of. Uh, we did a couple episodes ago, but you know, uh, we'll just run down again real quick. It was six episodes. Um, and these were the episodes this is on disney plus the the title and the synopsis so the first one is called life and death and it is uh we see the birth of ahsoka it says a child goes through a rite of passage with unexpected results uh number two is justice and that is the first of the dooku arc it's uh two jedi are dispatched to resolve a hostage situation on a distant planet we get to see young Qui-Gon Jinn and his master, Count Dooku. Um, and then we have episode three is Choices. And that is Jedi Knights investigate the mysterious death of one of their own. And that was Mace Windu and um, Count Dooku go on a, like an episode of Cops or something. Um, but uh, four was the Sith Lord. And it's a Jedi Master makes a troubling discovery. And this is when we get uh, Yaddle and Count Dooku... Uh, in a uh, epic battle um five is practice makes perfect and this is the second of the ahsoka um episodes says the jedi padawan is given a seemingly impossible exercise and it's really interesting because it seems like anakin was preparing her for order 66 um you know we can talk about those later uh but then number six is resolve it says a former jedi is faced with the truth that they cannot be something they are not this was the last of the ahsoka um episodes and i have some stuff to say about that one because uh, i watched this episode actually a couple hours before we recorded this tonight um so the first question we have on the docket is just in general, what did you think about the format? And I'm going to start because I told Dave to put a pin in it. You know, what you, you know, he wants to know about lore and stuff like this. And this is what I was thinking about today. I was like, this is what I dig. And this is what I think is, I think they need to keep utilizing this. You get these short little vignettes that could talk about just important character moments. Or, you know, if you ever wondered, Gee, I wonder what happened, you know, that made, 
you know, Obi-Wan say, Master Qui-Gon, don't defy the council again. You can have a little 18 minute episode that discusses that, you know, there's all these little things. It's so you don't have to give a whole trilogy. It's like, you can just give the important, you can show the important moments in a very meaningful way. I dug this format. I think it's going to be a great way and it doesn't have to be in the original trilogy. They could do some high Republic stuff. Maybe, you know, they could do, you know, or just go wherever they want. You know, let's just tell a brand new Jedi story. Um, but for right now, I, I dug the format. And I, like I said, I think it has the possibility to provide a lot of, cover a lot of Star Wars ground. Yeah. Good night, um, everybody. All right. We'll, we'll <laughs> say who that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's um there's nothing wrong with the format uh it's i agree with what you're saying in that i like having the smaller bite-sized vignettes available to us to sort of fill in some of the blanks um i think one of the things that star wars has always done is create these sorts of questions in our mind um what what's this character all about why did this thing happen what's this new place they've been talking about um and sometimes we get a frustratingly little amount of information to answer those questions that we're left with and and so on that basis alone i think this is a really good format um to do to do just that address those sorts of smaller uh, character questions and uh, story questions that, that arise for folks over time. And it, it doesn't even have to be limited to that. I, you know, it, it could just be, here's a fun idea I had for a random character in a random corner of the galaxy. And let's just talk. Uh, let's just see what happens with this. Um, I'd be cool with that too. But I, I think, I think it fills a need in that not every story needs to be, uh, two hours long or have an entire series dedicated to right. it nor connected to yeah. the one that happened before it you know what i right. mean it doesn't have to be like you know the clone wars where it was you know you always had an arc or anything like that it's just here's our here's our weekly star wars story you know yeah last week we were talking about something that happened in the sequel trilogy now today we're talking about stuff happened in the high republic I mean, this type of format would allow for that, you know, because you've got the umbrella of this world. We're talking about Jedi. Yeah, and I think that's kind of because we saw again, we saw something similar with Star Wars Visions where you were getting these short vignettes, short story. It's a, it's a short story in visual format where you don't necessarily have to be beholding, like you and Dave have said, to a longer story arc and just show whether it's a mission, whether it's a battle, whether it's a moment that's key. And I think what I like about it is that because it's not more than that, it allows you to explore a wider range of things. Because like you said, like Dave said, Tales of the Jedi doesn't necessarily mean Tales of the, the Jedi we know, the 10 or so Jedi we know. It could be Tales of Jedi in the ancient past and the far future, you know, concurrent to the stories that we know. So... I love that idea, and I hope that they, number one, I hope that it goes forward, but I hope that they don't feel like, oh, we have to give you, 
like we gave you Ahsoka and Dooku this time. So now we got to give you Anakin and Obi-Wan. Like, take the opportunity that this former gives you and kind of go off into it and see what else you can make with it. Because, yeah, it's 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 great as a storytelling format for coloring in into all these little spots that have no color. And you can fill whatever you want. And the good thing is, if it doesn't work, well, guess what? It was just one episode. 15 minutes done you know and that's what that's what i think would be awesome too is that i mean they they could they could really take the from a certain point of view books Mm -hmm. that that could be that could be an entire season where it's just like all those you know and you know those sideline stories that align with the new hope you know like you may you, you may see luke speeder go off and then all of a sudden you're talking about these people you know who were in the cantina when obi-wan went yeah i don't know you could you could do that it would be it would be really cool um so i will say um i was not a fan of all the episodes um there there i mean i I did like first of all i i we have bullet points here you know about the dooku arc and the ahsoka arc um and I really liked the Count Dooku arc because I think I said in a previous episode, all we ever really got of Count Dooku was when he was, you know, totally evil, you know, and, and the, he was full up villain. And we actually saw him as a legit Jedi and his conflict. And you started, he, he became a much more, I don't know, I don't know how to say it. Um, Nuanced. Yeah, I, w- I was going to say you, you had a little bit more empathy for him because mm-hmm. you saw his struggle with, you know, things he believed in and, you know, people he believed in. And, you know, you know, it was just, I don't know. So I, but I think he becomes a much more interesting character than just, you know, snidely whiplash, you know, working behind the scenes of the Clone Wars. But I, d- I dug his arcs. I agree. Uh, I uh, I didn't have a lot to complain about there. Um, it was interesting watching it with my kids because they're watching the the Yaddle episode in particular. Bryce and... Dallas Howard as Yaddle. <laughs> she did a good job. Yeah. Uh, I, bu- I bought that voice and that character completely. I thought it fit really well. Um and it, it reaffirms that Yoda is a complete weirdo because he's the only one that talks in riddles and rhymes. So, um, but uh, it was it was good. Um, our, it was funny watching it with my kids though because they were so concerned about how that was going to unfold, and they're like, "Well, we know Dooku's going to survive." I'm like, "Well, yeah, you do know that." but you don't know about Yaddle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's three people in the room and two of them we know make it out of there. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the thing is you knew Yaddle wasn't, wasn't making it out. <laughs> so, um, but they still, yeah. but they still made it. So it was like, yeah, I was like, oh man, she dead. Then, then she came back and it was like, oh wow. I mean, so they still, they, still had all of the you know ups and downs and it was a fun it was a fun battle but i was gonna say they find a way to make it hurt 
even though you knew what was going to what had to happen. You mean like Tom Brady having to win the game twice? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very much so. That's actually a very similar feeling. Very much so. I heard. And thank and thank you for putting out that horrible memory. Yeah, you're welcome. While I'm at it, would you like? Yeah. While I'm at it, would you like to pour some lemon juice and a paper cut? <laughs> so yeah, no, it's. Uh, yeah, it was. In terms of uh, the two arcs, I found that Dukus was actually an arc. Like I actually thought, the three episodes flowed well into one another, because they're showing you, Dooku the Jedi who's kind of a rebel, and how that's going to influence Qui Gon. But he's still very much in his mind he's a Jedi, and then the second episode is him, with um, uh, Mace Windu, and he is much more uh, against the Jedi Council, and you see why he's not on the Jedi Council, and why he's having such much conflict. And by, so by the time you get to the third one, and I don't know about you guys, what did you guys think about them tying his eventual fall? Or I guess by that point he had fallen, but. His eventual decision to leave the Jedi altogether, fall in with the Sith, have it be Bygone's death. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, you're right. He was disillusioned. Tie those two things. I mean, he was disillusioned, you know, after, you know, Mace moves up the promotion, you know, ladder real quick. And he was, you could see he had, was like, was this already, was this, this was a fix. You know, you were already mm-hmm. in. Um but then what I liked about that third episode, though, is when it showed him, first of all, deleting, you know, Camino. But they started with with the look. He still wasn't 100 percent in. There was guilt. There was, you know, apprehension. There was sadness. Bit of shame. Bit of yeah. shame. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think when he was it, he was now it was like. Screw this mess, you know, after qui-gon's death um it's almost like that's the one thing linking him to the jedi that was still kind of alive and good and when qui-gon dies which you know you don't think about it but how impactful is that in the life of but what's interesting is that he was obi-wan of anakin he was he was ticked off also at sidious Mm -hmm. it's like you know you didn't have to but so i guess um, I guess t- to argue with your premise a little bit is that, like I said, is that he was, but, but he was like, also he was in the mob already and he knew he wasn't getting out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's, he wasn't going to be able to leave Sidious, um, without dying, you know? Um, but, uh, what I would like to see are, you know, well, anyway, it, it, I just, I, I, I agree with you. And now I will say the Ahsoka, I'll, I'll give the Ahsoka arc a little bit of a pass on not being an arc because we've gotten mm-hmm. so much Ahsoka. I mean, there's we, it's so much, you know? Um, so yep. these being little glimpses of, like I said, I, I will say I can take that first episode or leave it. Um, it's actually, I would just prefer to leave it. I, it, I don't, I don't know what it, what it told me that I didn't already know about Ahsoka. You already knew that she valued and that she had a reverence for, you know, for life that she was. And I will say this, um, that last episode the when I just watched it, like I said, a couple hours ago, I will say, I think that they've made Ahsoka the greatest of the Jedi. 
and I hope that the Ahsoka series sees her take on that Jedi mantle again. I've said it before on this show. I hope it's, you know, because last week when she fought Vader said, I'm no Jedi, you know, um, I hope she takes up that mantle once again and sees it come full circle because she is, she's the greatest of the Jedi, at least in the stories we've seen. So that's my controversial take on that one. That's that's probably a discussion, right? <laughs> we have who's the most Jedi of the Jedi. We we could do an episode on that. Um, I mean, I may write that one down so we remember to do it. Um, but I, I the thing about her um, her arc uh, is that this is this is covered ground. Um, we know a lot of this already. Um, the third episode featuring her well the second episode tied directly and in, back into you know the uh the clone wars episode um and i thought i did that effectively but again this is something that we already knew that she was she was very capable <laughs> she's a very capable warrior um third episode is stuff that was covered in the ahsoka novel which like may or may not be canon at this point. I guess it's not technically, but it sort of is. But um, I, I, th- I thought about I thought about that. I, I knew you were going to say something about that because mm-hmm. I, I read the Ahsoka novel as well. You and I both did. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna wager a bet that there wasn't a lot of people out there that read the Ahsoka novel <clears throat> that know that story. So I think that was a worthwhile story to tell to grab a wider audience. And I, mean, I think for me personally, um, it's covered ground, but like you I said, for, for a wider audience it's probably not. Um, that said, it made sense as a one-off in the format that they made it because this is the format that they used for Dooku. I think it was a three-part story, you know, um, the first part, the second part, the third part. And so like for her, for the third part, it made sense to draw from that material, I think. Um, but not show everything. Um, that's a whole. That's a whole story um, that they're alluding to within the context of that one short, you know, fifteen-minute episode or whatever. So, um, if you liked it, there is more for you to consume that may or may not be canon. But I think it is. But maybe not. I don't know. Uh, uh, the the story is is quite good, and I also stump for Master and Apprentice here. Um, another really good story we didn't get a lot of anakin uh or we didn't get a lot of obi-wan qui-gon um and in fact we didn't get any here but um we got qui-gon dooku and that really informed the next relationship and i really like what they did with that because obi-wan is my favorite character or at least one of my favorite characters and it gives him so much more depth and balance that story does and it and it shows you so much more about Qui-Gon and and how and why they're reacting to one another in the way that they are in Phantom Menace um did you I think it, it would fit in really well for people along with this did you find it odd that the first time that that Dooku and Obi-Wan meet is apparently on Geonosis. 
Well, he alluded to that in the in the dialogue in Attack of the Clones, and so that's why they felt like they were beholden to that. I'm this, sure. That just was like something like weird. It's like, I mean, you would, th- I don't know. It seems like if if it was like, it's like I don't know everybody, you know, in the company that I work for, but I certainly know and have interacted with like my product manager's boss. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's, and we're not talking about like the Jedi order is not like everybody's hanging out on Coruscant and temple. I mean, you're going to bump, you're going to, you know, and don't, and don't you think that it would be like, Hey Dave, this is my new student Fredo. What do you, you know, you guys meet each other. Dave was my student, was my teacher. You know, it's like, don't you think that it was, I don't know. That was just one of those things that I just found was weird. Um, but it's, that's, you know, it's, it's neither here nor there, of, but thousands of employees, basically of the yeah. Jedi, right? There's so many of them and they're all like running all over the galaxy. So, um, didn't really bother me, but it is kind of, it is, it's, it's an obvious nod if you remember the, or recall the dialogue from attack the clones, which is like, I, I, I regret our past never having crossed before. And so, yeah, we're going to acknowledge that. That's that's still canon. There's that word yeah, again. And, well, and that's and and just because, I mean, who knows? He might have seen Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon from a distance. He might have talked to Qui-Gon while Obi-Wan was doing something. So that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the last time that, that Dooku and Qui-Gon didn't have uh, interactions after Qui-Gon became Obi-Wan's apprentice. So because uh, that'd be weird. Uh, but I do, I mean, in terms of uh, what you said, Aaron, I, or Dave, I'm sorry, I would love the idea of having like a series of Tales of Jedi where it's Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan on a mission. I juxtapose that with Obi-Wan and Anakin on a mission. Just to kind of show those dynamics and how different they are as masters and apprentices. So, uh, but in terms of the overall kind of Ahsoka arc, to get back to that, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Aaron. I, I like the first episode. I just didn't seem like it really had much storytelling meat to it like i, I will even okay, say which, you said you liked it i will say it bored the crap out of me i, I mean, mean i liked it for i liked it for what it was but i'm also when you compare it to the strength of the other episodes it definitely is the weakest of the six because it's not telling us anything we don't know okay so ahsoka has a deep connection to the force to nature we know this she wouldn't be at she wouldn't have been at the jedi temple otherwise for a moment there, I did think we were going to see the moment where uh, she ends up with Lacoon for a moment. And I was like, I guess we didn't get that. So uh, I was surprised by that, though. But as for the other episodes, I thought Ahsoka's, um, you know, again, I love the idea of showing how different of a master Anakin is to Ahsoka. Because I don't think Obi-Wan would have been pushing Anakin the way that Anakin was pushing Ahsoka. Now, this is due to the fact that they are in war. She has to be more battle ready. But I also think it's part of the nature of how Anakin pushes himself and therefore pushes everybody around him. So he's been gifted, you know, he's been presented with the opportunity to be a master and he's going to be a master his way. Whereas I think Obi-Wan would have been less direct or forceful or at least less painful with his uh, battle one. So I have a question. Uh, I need to know where I missed something. Um, because when, when Bail Organa is talking to Ahsoka in that last episode at Padme's funeral. Um, 
he says there's nothing you could have done for her you, or like basically you couldn't say you couldn't do anything for her. and he says neither of them he's obviously mm-hmm. referencing anakin yes what does anybody think happened to anakin because she doesn't know that he's darth vader i mean you know and seemingly obi-wan doesn't know that ahsoka is alive and he's he and yoda are really the only ones who know that anakin is darth vader because they saw the security footage so what does what okay so my question is again is like what does she think has happened to anakin that i do they think he got gunned down in order 66 i don't necessarily know that she thinks that I, I know for a fact that well not know for a fact but because consider the timeline the uh, Padme's funeral comes after the twins have been separated comes after uh, everything happens to Mustafar you have to imagine that Obi-Wan and Yoda while discussing the separation of the twins with Bale did mention that these are the, the son and daughter of Padme and Anakin whether or not they share with the even if he has said well they, they did you know, say that that was in revenge of the sith but they still right. don't i mean but, i don't necessarily but again, know that, but again, that they told them in no i mean they because they, they're talking about i mean in revenge, revenge of the sith they're all sitting around the table and that's in mm-hmm. he says i'll take the boy to but what i'm saying though is Something. that none of them know that a, only bale finds out later that that ahsoka is alive he just he finds out at the funeral so Mm -hmm. but again ahsoka in rebels hasn't put two and two together that anakin is darth vader until deep into rebels so again i'm wondering he he says to her there's nothing you could have done for her for either of them what is what is the implication what does she thinks has happened to anakin both dead dead He's dead. She's dead. That's the, um, I think that's the public, quote unquote, public story. The the story that that has been circulated in the press is all that the Anakin, Jedi are dead. At Order that 66. Anakin is dead, okay. like literally that he is dead, and they allude to that in some of the Vader content. I think, um, I'm trying to recall if that was in Obi Wan. Um, it might have been in Obi-Wan where they, they talked a little bit about how everyone just like Moses Ingram's character might have, might have referenced that, like knowing who he really was, even though she shouldn't have known who he yeah. really was. And because everyone else thought he was dead or something going on with that dialogue that, that implied as much. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, everybody thinks he's dead. And, and so Bale thinks he's dead and, uh, there you go. Um, because cause even if he knew that Anakin fell to the dark side and became Darth Vader, there is no purpose in him. First of all, Darth Vader hasn't appeared on the scene at that moment that he's sharing this with Ahsoka. At that moment, Darth Vader is dead. I He's getting rebuilt by the Emperor in his labs in Coruscant. So he's not going to make his grand appearance until after Bale sees you know, after Ahsoka's gone and Bale sees him for, for you know in the armor, so even even if he knows that that's Anakin, there is no way he's ever going to admit to that to anybody, because that's a death sentence. So I don't think, but I don't think in that at the moment when he's telling talking to Ahsoka, 
the belief is Padme died, Anakin died. Don't don't carry this guilt because realistically, there's nothing you could have done. It just, it just struck me. It just struck me as odd. It's just um, mm-hmm. yeah. So. I'm coming at it too from a perspective of re- of reading the Thrawn novels, and there's a really fun interplay between Thrawn and Vader that goes on in those novels um, where Thrawn is constantly bringing up Anakin Skywalker because he knows <laughs> like he's figured it out because he's that smart you know he's the kind of guy who would figure it out and he figured it out um, and Vader's like uh, you know oh, it's too bad he's dead or whatever and it's just it's just a constant recurring theme so um, yeah it, I think it's very much the public story that he that he's dead um, so okay so we, we all said that we uh, I want to go back to the Dooku arc here for a second because um, did it help you though I, I said it made it made him a more like Dave you said a nuanced character um, I, I still don't think that Star Wars has nailed why what would cause somebody to join the dark side of the force i mean because again um it it just seems like weak sauce of you know i got turned down for a promotion or you know this dude got promoted before me so i'm you know i'm mad and so i'm gonna go join the mob i mean it's like you go and you find another job you know you, you quit the company you go find another job you don't you know take up a life of crime i mean it just it seems like they haven't nailed the the downward spi- spiral for somebody to become, you know, to join the dark side. What do you guys think? Um, I don't know. Yes and no. And um, it's it's kind of it's kind of fun to watch. Um, this is this has become. Um, I don't know if Star Wars, Star Wars, this is, this is a a story that predates Star Wars. So, um, it's not just a Star Wars thing, but you see it in media all over the dang place now where it's like, okay, are they going to go quote unquote down the dark path? Are they not? And this is, this is sort of the dilemma that people face in, in storytelling. Um, and it's a very, um, dual-minded sort of approach to things, where it's like you're going to become a good guy or you're going to become a bad guy, and and the tension in the story centers around will he or won't he, or will she or will won't she, um, and so has it been done better elsewhere? Maybe, and I can think of a couple of examples off the top of my head. Um, but I also feel like, is it a limited storytelling methodology in the and I guess, first place? And I guess the Clone Wars did, I've said it before, that they, they actually helped me believe more that Anakin became Darth Vader. You know, that there were, you saw this constant frustration and everything. Um, and quick to be angry and quick to, you know, force choke somebody to get were you know get info out of them so but it was just seemed like the dooku thing that's i wish i wish it would have been a little bit more clear as to you know why beyond just 
it seemed like I got passed over for a promotion. Um, but I think, no, because I think what's interesting is because we see it in the first episode. It's something, uh, and what I'm connecting here with both Dooku's, that first episode, as well as with Anakin's story arc in Clone Wars, is that in some ways that need to be in control, that need, that desire to want to fix things their way. The, you know, Dooku shows up at that place and he's instantly like trying to sussing out, okay, this is how we solve this, which is very much Anakin's way, the quick path, the easy path. And this is one of those things that Yoda's always teaching, you know, through whenever he's appearing. Like, no, and don't do that. that be because, a very, it's... Yeah. But but I guess what I'm trying to say is it's showing us that the temptation to say, I have the answer and I will fix it and just get behind me and we'll get this resolved is inherently within everybody. And the problem is Dooku has it in him. Anakin has it in him. Even Obi-Wan to a certain degree has it in him. And it's just his constant training and minding of, no, I can't be, I can't just overstep my boundaries just trying to try to solve other people's problems. Uh, so in some ways, uh, Dooku had that in him. And every time the Jedi Council in their hubris failed in his eyes, he just kept pushing him darker, further and further down the path yeah. to the dark side. And wouldn't that have been interesting? I said, I was just going to say this is that the the dark side isn't inherently evil it's like all the all the people we've seen have been like i mean palpatine's the most evil person in the world but if you're just talking about that like you said like the person who step is just steps in and says i'm the group leader and we're going to do things the way i'm said they're not being evil they're being controlling mm-hmm. you know they're they're asserting their will that's not necessarily evil so wouldn't that be interesting to see that dark side story maybe instead because and maybe that's where i'm getting hung up is that because i expect the person who's going to be on the dark side that they're going to become evil and the way they're becoming evil there it's it's the the dots aren't connecting so i I guess i'm just talking myself around the tree to make myself feel better here because um it's because we're you know the things that are the dark side you know like I said, quick, easy, easy, you know, take the shorter path, cut corners. That doesn't, those things don't make you inherently evil or even no, bad. But Star Wars tells you that anybody that's on the dark side is bad and evil. So, uh, yeah, I've talked myself out of it. Never mind. Um. <laughs> no. And I just, gonna, yeah, just to finish off, I just want to say, because it's something that's human. Everybody has it. Everybody, there's, there are points in your life when you're like, if we only do this, it will be solved. But the problem is that need to be in control is inherently what eventually thrusts every one of those characters, Dooku, Maul, Sidious, Anakin, that need to say, I know what's best and I'm going to show you and I'm going to do it versus recognizing it may be the best, but it's not my place to do it. I mean, as a teacher, Aaron, there's a thousand times I'm sure you saw it. If you only did this, you dummy, you, you would not be in this problem. But that's not really what you can do. You have oh, to let man, them you're gonna get me make mistakes. You're gonna get me <laughs> you have to let them make mistakes stuff. and learn, because um, otherwise they're they're never gonna. I do want to say real quick: the alarm has gone off, but I have to say this: that the uh, the Inquisitor at the end of the last episode was one of the most spooky, awesome, evil Star Wars characters to be on screen. That bathed in flames. That that was so cool. I don't understand why his head deflated when it got chopped off, but it was 
it, it was that is such a cool character. Bro was full of helium, maybe I don't know, um, but I like the uh, the 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 evil thing and the you know the the dark side thing. Just very briefly to to speak on that, I, I if I had a critique of the Dooku content, it was that that sequence with Sidious played out so similarly to Anakin's uh, from Revenge of the Sith. Where it was like, you know, you got a Jedi on one side, you got Sidious on the other, and and they're both trying to get you to join your side, and ultimately evil wins. Um, and because uh, good is dumb. <laughs> and so, like, is that always how that goes down? Like now, now I'm like, no, it it shouldn't, it shouldn't always go down like that. Like it didn't go down that way with Maul. We don't think. Um, so like this feels like a case where um Filoni or whomever came up with that concept was probably trying to do the 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 mirroring and the echoing um and the rhyming that we see in Star Wars so often um and it and it maybe feeling a little forced at least it did for me. And what if what if Dooku what what if they would have taken and uh, this could bring us down a whole rabbit hole but what if it was like pure like blackmail manipulation that got Dooku into Sidious's corner where it's like I'm gonna rat you out to the Jedi Council for you know all these things that you've done you know I know what you did here and here and here when you went against the Jedi Code blah 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 you know it's like you're suck you know it's like so he is trapped you know, doesn't that make him an? Wouldn't that make him an interesting character? And so then he does all these evil things because he's trapped, you know, um, and and sees no way out. Um, I think that was where they're going with it a little bit, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. At least Yaddle's dialogue really addressed that elephant in the room, which was just like everything that you've done. It's cool. Come back with me. We're gonna make it right. You can make up for everything. And so, like, I thought, like, that was a really effective way to speak to a person that would be in in those thoughts and, and caught in that way of thinking and trying to decide, well, have I gone too far? And do I have no, do I not have a choice anymore? Well, it's Black um, Widow and uh, Hawkeye, you know. I, you know, it, it seemed like a, the right approach to take, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Just right quick, does that make Palpatine Phil Collins? He was there, he saw what you did, saw with his own two eyes. Oh, come on, in the air tonight? Five goes mild. With that, I think we'll wrap up this conversation. <laughs> we've made we've made a several deep cut reference tonight. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, cool. Well, let us know what you think of Tales of the Jedi. I hope we get more. Um, and uh, yeah, next week we uh, do we, we we're just going to tease that we have a very special guest. We'll, we'll just tease that. I don't know if we want to say who our special guest is, but it's not who you probably would think that uh, we would have. But uh, very special yeah. guest. So tune in, yeah. tune in. Look, just download the next episode and see who we're talking to about um, their. Uh, 
their their own geekdom. So, um, but with that, we will say who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Saints have a bye week. Thank God. All right. So everybody have a great week, and we'll see you all on the flip side. My clunky.